What's up, what's up, people? It's Keenan, and uh, welcome to the first weekly, bi-weekly, whatever you want to call it, the Word Sales Hangout. We're excited to have you all. This is going to be a freestyle event, so who knows how it's going to go. We got some of it scripted, some of it not. I got my Red Bull, so I'm ready to drink it up and, and keep it live. But uh, the goal of this is to drop some good, solid sales wisdom on you without boring you. We got a badass guest, uh, and Dan Walshmit. We'll talk about him in a second. Before I go any further, I can't believe I've already messed up. Let me introduce you to my co-host, partner, and producer, Ruth the Bomb Penders. Hey guys, how are you doing? Glad to be part of this. We're gonna have some fun. It's not gonna be your usual uh, boring webinar, so uh, let's hit it. It better not be. We've done something wrong. So peeps, one of the things to keep in mind is we want this to be interactive. We want it to be fun. We want to answer your questions. And like I said, it's freestyle. So if you all know about freestyle, that means you should go with where you go. We've got a structure, but we can deviate from that. So whatever you throw at us, we're going to be ready to handle. Uh, so hit us up on sales jolt hashtag, and uh, we'll be following that. you got questions or you want to push us or challenge us, we're all about it. So uh, sales jolt is the hashtag. So this week, it's bi-weekly. It's not even what the hell to call it. This bi-weekly version of our show is about what salespeople are missing. We're going to talk a lot about that, some of the traits and qualities that salespeople don't have that they need to have to excel and crush it. Um, we're going to bring in, as I told you, my boy Dan Walshmit, author of Get Edgy, or Edgy Conversations, and that's going to be an amazing treat. Dan is a smart cat. Uh, his book is phenomenal if you haven't read it, and he knows how to break it down. He's got more energy than I do, which is crazy. So if this whole thing blows up, it's because it's just overloaded with Dan's energy. Uh, but before we jump into all that, I wanted to toss out a video that I want us to watch. It's the best salesperson in the world. Some of you may have seen it on YouTube. It's a door-to-door -door salesman by the name of Kenny Brooks. Uh, we tried getting Kenny on the show. We didn't have a lot of luck, did we, Ruth? Yeah, there was a lot of talk about him being dead for a while, and um, he's just uh, not online. So if we get him, we'll uh, have, him, have him guest appear here. So, Kenny, if you watch this, because it will be recorded, if you stumble across this, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to have you come back and be on the show in the future, because what you did and what you do is truly badass, and we'd love to talk with you. So, uh, in two seconds here, Ruth, why don't we launch the video, and I'm going to talk to you about why I love it so much. No streets. That's why we can't sell it to criminals. Don't tell OJ or Tiger Woods, okay? <laughs> My God. You see this right here. Who did that who did that? Okay, watch this. Now, my mom said if it's darker than me and it don't pay the bills, it shouldn't be there, right? <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> now, look, this right here, we just upgraded like Beyonce. This is our new Sir Fact. And hold this and watch this, because this should be the main reason why you get the HBO special. You know what HBO means? No. You get to help a brother out. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the road like toilet paper. Half of your neighbors in the community, they said they just don't get it because I'm funny because this stuff sells itself. But if you just go back and forth like an argument, now nah, I don't see it. But look how I split that like Moses did the Red Sea. Paint me green, call me a pickle. And look at this right here, look. Goes good with chicken. Don't drink it, don't give you the Hershey's quarters. Oh, dear. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. I love that guy, I love that guy, I love the guy. What I love about him is he knows how to sell, but it's different. Ruth, what do you think about that when you watch that guy? First thing is the humor. Just totally disarms me and brings me in. Exactly. And you said it right there. That's the word. So I'm going to assume most of this audience right now is B2B salesmen. 
and we've been given this script or this, this structure, which I agree with, by the way, on how to sell. And that means you've got to uncover the problem. That means you've got to um, uh, provide need. You've got to be able to solve their problems. You've got to, one of my favorite is don't try to sell, try to help. All that is accurate for B2B. But what makes Kenny one of the best salespeople in the world is he has empathy. Now, stay with me where I'm going with this. His sale is different. He doesn't have the luxury of setting an appointment with someone. It's not fucking Avon, right? We're going to have a little Avon party. We're all sitting around, and you know I'm coming. I'm going to show my stuff. He's interrupting these people during their dinners, while they're mowing the lawn, while they're watching freaking Blackish or, or the, the Black List, right? He's interrupting them. And he understood through empathy what they must be feeling when he rings that doorbell. He put himself in their shoes, right, Ruth? And he's thinking, okay, there's some big brother out here, gapping his teeth, ringing the doorbell, interrupting their day. These people are going to be what? On guard. Yep. Right? Is that, not, is that not how you feel when someone rings your doorbell? Absolutely. I'm yes, ready to absolutely. go away. So speaking, yeah, shoo, 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 go away. Yes. speaking of empathy, that's actually one of the five points that uh, we want to talk about, what most salespeople are missing. Do you want to go over those points? Uh, yeah, well, let, let me get let me finish up on Kenny, and yes, let's get to those. All right. But I want you guys to understand the thing about Kenny here is he took that empathy and he said, wait a minute, if I'm going to sell something, if I'm going to get them to buy my product, then I have to disarm them. I got to get them that thing that you talked about, Ruth, or it's like go away and I'm, I'm, I got my own guard. I got to disarm them. How can I do that? How can I get them disarmed? The minute I have them disarmed, they're paying attention, they're listening, and they trust me. And he does it through humor. And so it's not his humor that – his humor is the tool, but it's not his humor that makes him the greatest salesperson in the world. It's his empathy and the fact that he understood his target market and he understood what he needed to do to move the sale. And that his biggest obstacle was being guarded. His people being, his suspects, his targets being guarded. And he's a badass at cutting it down and disarming them. And what is that? What is that got? A million views? Two million views on YouTube as well? Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah. The, the guy's a mini superstar. The guy's a mini superstar. So my my Red Bull freaking shout out of the badass of the week goes to Kenny Brooks. I'm not the first. It won't be the last because he's truly earned it. So if you're out there, Kenny, give us a haul. We'd love to meet you. If not, keep doing what you're doing because you do it well. Um, all right, next. What do we got next here? So we're talking about the five points of what makes uh, what most salespeople are missing. Empathy is one of them. Uh, yes, let's talk about this. We're going to talk about this for a little while. Salespeople, most salespeople, even some who make quota and do well, aren't maximizing their ability to crush it because they're missing one, two, three, or all of these traits. And I'm sure you're expecting me to say closing skills or... Uh, overcoming objections or knowledge of the product. No. All that's good. That's in every book you can possibly find. You don't have to worry about it. It's right there. It's, you can go get it. You can read books about it. What is really key to sales that most people are missing, though, is some of the really deep foundation elements that sit behind overcoming objections, that sit behind being able to close. And these five things. One of them is business acumen. In B2B, I'm not going to speak B2C. It's a little different, but in B2B selling, you're making a change in someone's business. And if you don't understand, if you don't have a solid business acumen and understand things like in inventory velocity or cash flow or how to read a P&L, how to read a balance sheet and how they connect, et cetera, you're, you can't bring more business value to the table. If you don't understand some of the fundamental business processes 
that your sales that your clients or customers use, you can't help them solve those problems. So business acumen number one. Number two, empathy. We just talked about that with Kenny, right? Empathy allows you to get in the seat, in the pants, in the shoes, in the jock, whatever you want to call it, of your of your target market, of your customer. Ruth, we just went through a sales process. I won't say, say the name. Was it not the worst sales process we've ever been through? It was a horrible experience. Every step of the way. It was fucking brutal. Brutal. Only reason I bought this is because their product was is probably the best product, and I bought it, or we bought it, in spite of our salesperson. Well, we have two, two salespeople, right? Twice, yep. Yes. The first time, never blew it. The second going. time, I even prepped them for what we're looking for, and still they blew it. They just took their own route and uh, chose not to understand their customer. No. Yes, they couldn't. They could not, for the life of them, get in our shoes like Kenny did and feel who we were, what our challenges were, but not only just what our challenges were, but how they affected us. Right? What we must be feeling, what we want to make happen. They couldn't do it. It was. Oh, even after we bought it, they tried selling us an upgrade and fucked that up too by doing the same thing. Burned a half hour of my time and my lead recruiter's time only to tell us at the end of the day we weren't a fit because we didn't do the number of transactions that met the minimum baseline requirement of their pricing structure. It would have taken us, what do we say? It would have taken us 20 years of transactions for us to meet their minimum requirement. And she could have saved us all kinds of problems you're just taking the time up front to get to know our business and be empathetic in what we're trying to do. So that's the next one. Uh, analysis and assessment skills. If you have empathy and you can start to feel for somebody, then you can start to ask questions and good at, at get good at assessing their environment. Too many salespeople are clueless on what's going on around them. They don't understand or grab the contextual environments. They don't know how to get the context. They don't know how to assess a problem. They don't know how to, excuse me, take the information and, and process it, analyze it in a way to spit out uh, good information or spit out conclusions, follow the trends, right? I mean, Ruth, what is it? Financial industry, right? These people make hundreds of millions of dollars by being able to analyze the market and identify trends and analyze the market and assess what's happening, right? I don't know why salespeople can't do that. I just I, I sit and I watch salespeople, and they just operate in robot mode. They they just don't know how to assess what's really going on at the political level, the financial level, the personal level. If they just miss it all, so too many miss that. Another one is creativity. The lack of creativity in business in general is horrific. But outside of that, with salespeople, uh, Ruth, what was that you sent me from Seth Godin that we love so much? Um, the quote exactly, I'm probably going to butcher this, but basically paraphrasing was uh, um, everyone has creativity, but usually it's blocked by fear. So Fear of what? It depends on the person, I guess. I mean, for me, I know it's uh, fear of failure, you know, a lot so of times. I think you're, yeah, I think that's why people don't have creativity. Creativity by definition means you're different. Think about that. Creativity means you're different, your approach is different, your style is different, your suggestion is different, your, your, everything is different. And we don't like being different because if we're different and it fails, we look like idiots. If we're different 
and people think it's awkward, we feel like idiots. So what do we do? We don't try to be creative. We just try to look like everybody else and and fail. But we fail. What do you say? We fail looking good because we didn't look like an idiot. So it lacks all kinds of creativity. Creativity is the key because creativity solves problems. And what I love most about sales is that sales is moving through a series of problems to get to the close. Right? The client says they won't meet with you. You can't get enough people on the phone to build your pipeline. They say they're not interested because you don't have a feature. They say their CEO won't sign the budget. They say they don't have budget. They say that they like the competition better. Every time something gets in your way, that is a problem, a challenge that creativity can get over. And unfortunately, with all the consulting I've done, all the working with salespeople and growing sales team, it baffles me why more and more salespeople aren't more creative. And then the last one is grit and drive. We're going to talk about this one a lot with Dan. His book, Edgy Conversations, digs deep into this one. But at the end of the day, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. You can't just quit. You can't say, oh, I've tried and give up. You've got to keep going. And man, Max, my boy Max, I know he's listening. He was an intern, and he did such a good job, we promoted him to a business development person. And he came to my office the other day, and he said, hey, Keenan, I think I figured it out. You got to know Max. Max, <laughs> Max is the best first employee you could ever get in the world. The guy who's got the passion like nobody's business. He's like a little Labrador retriever or golden retriever. Just <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, he's that. He's just that enthusiastic. So I'm gonna so, keep you on track here really quickly. Uh, we got yes, one minute. Yes. We're over, so we're gonna get to uh, Grit right. Drive and Dan in less than a minute. Go. Oh. All right, you got it. So he came to me and said, "Kim, I think I figured it out." It takes about eight or nine calls before I start getting people to call back to me. And I had to chuckle because if you've seen the research, the research backs this up. But he came to that conclusion on his own. What I loved even more is he didn't quit. Most salespeople quit at two or three calls, and he didn't. So that's what I loved about him. And that's what most salespeople don't have, that grit and drive to keep going and keep persevering. So with that said, those are the five things. I don't know why you don't have them. We're going to talk more about that with Dan. But listen close because you need them and some things that Dan's going to share as well. So I want to invite Dan. I love this guy. I've known him since about three or four years now. He's written one of the most badass books on motivation called Edgy Conversations. Um, I knew him before the book. And in the beginning of the book is one of the most powerful openings to a book I've ever read. And it's personal about Dan and about his personal um, challenges. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and more. So I'd like to welcome Dan. Hi, Dan. You're live. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. How are you? How are you? Doing good. Nice to finally meet you virtually. Look at that. <laughs> Listen, we're just going over some sales uh, training ourselves here, Keenan. So, you know, sharpening the blade. <laughs> sharpening the That's blade. Right. Literally, literally. This is what we do. That's, I love it. I love it. So, Dan, thank you for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I like your studio there. Thank You're you, good my man. Graffiti. Thank you. Good with the paint okay. can. Good with the paint can. Ruth, Ruth gets all the props, man. She, she's, she knows how to tag. She throws it up. Speaking nice. of activity. Yeah, I like it. So, good. So, Dan, I, I want before we get into all this, the salesy conversation, I, I remember reading the first page of your book, and you just put it out there, dude. I mean, you went mad vulnerable, sharing some pretty powerful personal stories. Can you share with us? beginning of the book and why you chose to go there and tell us for those who haven't read the book how the book starts 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I start, um, well, one, I, I started the way I started in the book because I think fundamentally the discussion around success is flawed. So you'll often hear the discussion success centered around people who've made some money doing some things somehow. And they'll tell you all the things they did to be successful. You know, the driving fancy cars and, you know, you can have one like me and all of this. And um, often what they try to introduce is a series of steps. Step one, I did this. Step two, I did this. Step three, I did this. And now I've made lots of money and you should be like me too. And usually those stories are just a big, fat, stupid lie. Uh, not intentionally so, hopefully. But people forget all the things that make them successful. So I want to start the, the, the book off with kind of um, the discussion about failure and how failure and, and um, kind of your, your demons that drive you can inspire you to reach new levels in whatever you're trying to achieve, whether it's business, sports, politics, whatever nonsense you want to do. Um, the, the best way to, to get there is by knowing where you've been and then you know, sticking with it, as you just said a few minutes ago, whether it's motivation, inspiration, aspiration, uh, perspiration, all of those, uh, you know, uh, you know, driving you towards uh, success. So, in you know, uh, I had made lots of money, millions of dollars, young age, um, and went through some some really horrific uh, personal challenges, and and that you know sort of made me question, you know, everything, and um, and I ultimately, you know, I. I um, you know, wrote about all the you know guts and glory uh, in that just first say chapter. It. So. Say it. I mean, yeah. tell them you're sitting <laughs> in the garage with the muzzle of a gun in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, how how crazy is that? Yeah, that's uh, you know that's real life. Uh, you know, but um, I was at I was pretty low, pretty, uh, pretty low point in my life. Yeah, when that when I wrote about it, I, I thought as, a, as the beginning of the book, you know that. You know, it's always good to talk about the days when you get the, you know, the the fifteen million dollar check, or when you know the days when you when you close the big deals. But I think, yeah, that we all have those moments. You know, it's interesting, Jim, too. Uh, since we've, um, since you know, we get to talk, you talk to big billion dollar companies, and of course, a lot of them are our clients as well, and advising them. And that it's that you know, these are, you know, this discussion about people. Any discussion about business and success is really discussion about people, and. Most people have something they're struggling with, or they're wrestling with, or something they want to improve, something they want to empower, they want to better. And most people don't walk around sharing that publicly. The salespeople you're trying to coach, the teams you work with, aren't going around saying, "I'm broken." I'm this. They're just saying, "Man, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do." And so there's got to be a way to transcend kind of the bullshit discussion that's happening in a lot of parts now to make it to make a really honest discussion that success is hard. Being awesome is hard. Unless you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at your back, if nothing else. We can create our own at the yeah. back, right? Yeah. So, all right. So, so, so I, I still am, and we're gonna, I want to ask you some of these questions, but I, I think, yeah. Dan, you are too humble for your own good, right? Um, you, you, you are in a really bad place. You shared I don't think some, anybody's ever accused me of that before. No one ever in the history look, of time has ever said I'm too humble. <laughs> look, usually you say spoiler alert because it comes at the end of the book, yeah. but. As as a man, as a man, I understand yeah. the the expectation we have to be cool and tough and strong. And you start yeah. a book talking about putting a gun in your mouth and your wife having an affair. Most men yeah. won't expose themselves like that. Yeah. So you, are, I think I even called you or sent you a text and said, "Oh my God, you couldn't have seen the tears in my eyes, but you you got me emotionally, and you've taken my respect to a whole new level because you were willing to be vulnerable, right?" 
how yeah. much do you think that plays in the success of other people willing to be vulnerable? Well, it, you know, until you can admit what you want, whatever that is, and I, I'm just stepping out of a meeting right now uh, with some with some awesome people where we're talking about what we want. What is it we want? What is it we want? We want to make millions of dollars. Do we want to, you know, improve things a little bit? Until you know what you want, you can't really. You can't, you can't get there. You can't even start getting there. And so I think a lot of times we spend time talking about things that we, we should want. Someone else says we should want. Someone, yes, you need yes, a degree. Yes, you, yes. Need, you, know, you, you need all this stuff. And, and, and we go, eh, doesn't feel like it's me. It's all bullshit. We know it's bullshit. We do it anyways so that someone doesn't make fun of us. I think the, the beginning, the beginning of, of awesomeness, getting to where you want to be, is just admitting, nah, I'm not that guy. I'm this guy. That's what I'm going to do. Move out of my way. So if we if we take this and and we push it to the next level and say okay, what are salespeople not doing? What are salespeople missing that's preventing them from making it? You heard my top five. What are you, yeah. what are your top five? What are the things salespeople are missing? Even some of the quote unquote good ones that will make them great, make them awesome. Well, well one, I I think I go back to this all my go-to for everything. The number one thing I see is effort, not putting in enough effort. We've, we've kind of created this economy around working smart. Working smart is for idiots. Working smart is for losers. <laughs> working smart is for morons. Working smart is really for people who, 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 who have no clue. Now, I'll tell you, the second set of people that working smart is for. Working smart is for people who've worked hard enough to realize what working smart is really all about. It's when you're working so hard, you're creating cool shit just because of how hard you're working. I mean, that's that's it. So people just don't work hard because enough. It becomes bigger than you, right? So I'm noticing yeah. as we do more and more here, it gets bigger, and you can't do it all, right? You, you, yeah. just, you have to work right. smart because you can't carry the burden anymore, right? Is that that's what exactly you're suggesting? That, that, that's exactly right. And, and then because you can't do it all, you find creative ways, new tools, new processes, new people to, to help scale it. And, and then you're like, oh, wow, I'm doing all this stuff. Well, it's because you started off with working hard. So I think that's number one. Number two is curiosity. You know, be, because they're not curious uh, and, and it's like, well, if I just do this thing, you know, then everything's going to work out okay. And I think curiosity, they're not curious enough. Um, uh, you might call this initiative. You might call this proactive Right, I'm saying I'm saying curious, but it could be proactive, where people just start. It's kind of like, well, this is what I'm told to do. This is what I'm going to do. And there's always a person you can point the finger at if something goes wrong. And of course, that's never been the secret to success at all. So I don't think they work hard. I don't think they're curious enough. I think sometimes so curious. Uh, we, so curious is not. Can we say curious is not ask is not challenging, right? We're not questioning. Yeah. Let's go with not questioning yeah. an idea. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. Number number three, I think it's it's you got to drop for that. <laughs> tying what you do into a greater purpose. So I think that's it. They don't tie what they do into a greater purpose. Just meaning, um, be what you know, uh, they're not driven to do anything. They're not driven to this, you know, excellence. And so what they ultimately, ultimately, um, you know, they're like we're just talking about. They're not transparent. They don't have a clear goal. They don't have a clear focus on their life. This is personal. It's personal. It's also professional. They're both kind of with each other. And so what happens is, is uh, uh, what happens overall is that is that they just they don't move forward. Why don't? So wait, Betty, what is your personal goal? Or what is your your purpose? My purpose. I want to change the conversation around success. I want I want I want you know millions of people around the world, billions of people around the world who who wake up in the morning and go feel stuck. I want to give them a new set of rules 
to govern their entire identity, right? I want people who shouldn't have a break get a break, and I want to inspire the nobodies of the world, the ordinary people. I want to give them a reason to go be fucking awesome. So you, you, want to, you want to trigger something in them that wakes them up, because what we both know is that at the end of the day, we can't do it for them, right? Yeah. I, I was talking to, I tweeted this, and I don't know if you saw it, but I was talking to a girl the other day, and she, and she did something. Shame on me for not remembering. And she goes, oh, well, what happened? Why did you do it? She goes, she goes, just one day I decided to. And then she finished her sentence. Yeah. And that so stuck out with me that I tweeted that the other day. I said, one day I decided to dot, dot, dot. Those are the yeah. first words of success in the world. Yeah. The minute yeah. you yeah. decide to do something, and all we can do yeah. is trigger people to decide to do it. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's got to be that internal decision and what makes moose. It's interesting, you know. You know, uh, my, my father had a heart attack in his mid-40s, you know, the day after he came back from the hospital. Mild heart attack, nothing broken, nothing, everything okay, kind of. Uh, I guess you could, if, if you can call a heart attack okay. Comes home, first day, first day uh, he, he comes home throws it away, all the salty foods, all the sugar foods, they all get thrown away, same day. You know why? He needed to change. His life depended on it. And so, yeah. Grade school or something, you know, that's like, ah, I kind of want to do this. I, it, if it's, and really what we're saying is, if, it, if I cannot change anything I'm doing and still achieve success, I want to be successful. And, and so the, the conversation is really like, that's never been the formula. You know, this is this is the sword from 300, right? You know, so when, think, yeah, 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 people, yeah. Three, 300 people, 300 people grabbed a yeah. sword. I mean, this thing weighs like two or three pounds. I mean, 300, 300 people grabbed a sword and said, you know, for days we're going to go swing a battle, swing a sword until someone, you know, to to, to you till you decide to leave. That you know, yeah. they didn't say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to play it easy or play it safe. You know, so they I mean, just decided. I made this graphic here, and I to it totally made me think of our conversation now, so I'm sharing it. I don't know if you can nice. see. No pain, no gain, but you got to know it. With a K, which I like better. you got to know the pain, which is different. It's more. Pa it's not passive. It's active. Yeah. So, well, okay, what is it with people then? Why? Let me tell you a quick yeah. story. We, to work at a sales guide, we don't want your resume. So we put out a very interesting job uh, description that says, don't send us your resume. Send us an email that says why you'd be a badass recruiter or badass salesperson, whatever the job is, with your social media links. So here's a person who has a chance to sell themselves, right? How many people would love that opportunity? I can get out from underneath my resume and I can sell myself. And we did the math. Less than 15% of the applications we get yeah. actually follow the fucking instructions yeah. and they send yeah. the resume anyways. So why yeah. do you think people just don't do what they need to do to get to the next level yet they say they want to? They don't want it bad enough. They, they, they don't want it bad enough. I mean that's really it. I mean they just don't. They don't. You know when you got cancer and you're dying, I talked to someone the other day who had stage four lung cancer and she called me and I said first off just understand I am, I don't know that I'm qualified to help you at all but um, and she, she said uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you just a little bit about how your book has given me purpose uh, for moving forward. And of course, I was just like, I, you know, I'm humbled. I'm humbled, you know. But you know, I, I listened to her. She knows she's passing. Man, yeah, it breaks my heart just talking to someone like that. But 
she knows it, and the urgency is in like every fiber of what she does, how she creates videos for her kids and crafts for her husband, and everything is geared around her, um, you know, going out on her own terms. Like there's this urgency, you know, there's this intensity, and most of us never have it until it's too late. Either we're, you know, two hundred thousand dollars in debt, and the bill guy comes collecting, and then we go. I got to figure it out, or something. It's usually something horrific. It's, it's usually it's usually negative intensity. But if you can sit down and say, "Man, I'm just I, I'm not gonna let this go. I'm not gonna let this go. Losing this is worse to me than anything else in the world." All of a sudden, your perspective changes, how you view things change, and and you know what? You know what happens? You just start making smart choices. But you gotta want it, and you gotta you gotta want it. You really it's like it's got to be not what you say. It's like a part of who you are. Do you think people are hiding? Because here's the second half of my story. When sometimes we just don't get enough um, uh, applications, right? So we, we, I'm like, so I'm forced to reach out because we got a business to run, right? Yeah. So I reach out to some of the better applications, and the first question I'll ask them is, why didn't you follow the directions? Yeah. And what is amazing is very few actually own it. Some get pissed yeah. off. Some have excuses. Some will yeah. come up with an excuse. They'll call them on the excuse. So not only are they, you said they don't want it bad enough, but when when presented with the uh, the fact that they're not doing it, they get pissed. Yeah. yeah. What do you think that's about? Well, yeah, it's probably that's a about? number. Of, it's probably a number. Of, I was thinking as you were saying, I don't. And it's probably a number of things. I, I think probably. Uh, you know, it, you know, people try to avoid doing what's hard, right? You know, it's easy to copy and paste your resume in a few sentences. Here's why you should consider me. And someone asks you to break that mold and go be awesome, and they're not, they're not prepared for it. They're not even set up to follow the rules. I mean, you know, how much of a loser are you if you can't even do the basic rules? You know, just, you know, you got you got to question, you got to question everything about yourself. You know, that's you're, you're pretty horrible if you can't even do that sort of, sort of thing. So, you know, I think it's pretty smart of you to have a system like that. You do see how people are, are how willing are they to break the rules? How, are, how willing are they to follow your rules and break kind of their own system? So, you know, that, that's. That's the honest answer. I mean, I think that's the honest answer. People pretend like they're serious about it when they're not. Well, and they can't own up to it. Yes, Ruth, go. They can't. There's no accountability there. You know, when you straight up ask them why not, they shrivel up. They hang up most of the time. Uh, other times, they get pissed off, and that's why it's because they can't just say, yeah. "I didn't follow instructions." And it's pretty yeah. simple. You know, just yeah. own up to it and move on. It's well, like a mirror. Yep. Yeah. The beautiful thing is, beautiful thing is, if you do, if you are accountable for it, you know, you can improve it. That's it's not a negative. It's actually a positive. The positive side is, if you own it, you own it. Then you know, you can do whatever you want with it. You can make it better, right? And if you don't own it, well, then you know, you got a pretty shitty life ahead of you. You know, if you don't own it, someone else owns it. It's like you. a mirror. It's sort of like a mirror, isn't it? It's like when I call them up, and, or Ruth calls them up and says, "Hey, why didn't you do this?" Well, basically, what we're doing is putting a mirror in front of them, and we're saying, "Hey, look what you did." This is you, and they don't yep. like it. Yep. And so I, I think, I think there is, there's your follow-on book right there. I mean, it's going to take a lot of psychological shit, but there's your follow-on book, right? Is what is it yep. about that reflection we run from, as opposed to fix? Because when it comes yep. to our physical parents, we, we, we love mirrors because we look at, ooh, I got to fix that. Ooh, I got to fix that. We live with mirrors when it comes to our physical appearance, but when it comes to our insides, we shun mirrors. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. I think it's a good point. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's and it, you know the um, it's it's hard. I mean, I think that's the, the 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 complex the complex answer, which is probably a little more honest, is that it's hard. It's hard to do these things. It's not black and white. There is no, there is there are, there are a lot of wrong answers, but there's no one right answer. And so most people fall into the trap of either giving up or giving in. And uh, and then and then when that goes wrong, which it usually will wrong, then they're left pointing the finger at somebody else. Oh, there's not enough jobs. Or there's not enough opportunity. Or now I'm in school debt. And it's like, <laughs> you did all that. You know, don't blame me. That's all you. You know, so you know, it, it, it's that. It's that. It's it, you know, it can't be me. It must be you. And some of that mirror, that mirror reflection is just being able to say, look, I screwed up. You know what? Tomorrow's a new day. Let's let's take on the day tomorrow. You know. Well, and it so goes. How do you take? I was yeah. Thinking, it goes back to uh, the intro of your book. It's you know that mirror is not ugly. You know, it's not pretty. It's it's pretty ugly. Yeah. So you know, once yeah. you can confront that, you can make make it better. Well, that's that's right. That's that's the awesome part of it. The awesome part is once once you look at it and go, I don't want this, right? Then then it's what do you want? <laughs> so how do you? How, Let's let's take this for a second. And let's drop this on to sales organizations, right? So we're we're talking about personal development and growth. So how do we take this, and how do you take the things you're talking about and the things I talked about, business acumen, creativity, grit and drive, and how do we get sales organizations to embrace this or get these in there or make it a cultural fit? And why aren't they? Well, one, we start talking about the right conversations. I think that's what's powerful, and that's what you're trying to do here. So I applaud you. I think that's number one is you start having the right conversation. You have conversations that matter. Booyah! If people, that's right. <laughs> if, you know, if, if, if people are screwing up, you know, then you, you have to have a conversation about them screwing up and how you, how can improve it. You don't have a conversation about how you can, you know, create a committee to look into things and examine a process. You just say, hey, this isn't effective. How do we fix it, right? So it's, it's quick. It's candid. It's, it's move on. And some, some people's feelings get hurt, and, you know, some people's feelings should get hurt. Um, and you move on. So I think one is – Having that conversation that matters. Uh, having a candid conversation. You know, I, 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 that's hard. That's not easy to do. People aren't trained to have uh, these, you know, candid conversations. They're used to just shifting the blame or pointing the finger and 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 kind of, you know, letting someone escape when they're not performing right. I think that's that's the beginning of it. The beginning of it is you got to have the conversation. If someone's not performing right, if they're not heading in the right direction, if you don't like the way culture is going, if you don't like the way people are performing, you, you have to have the conversation. Number two, if you are having the conversation, you have to keep having the conversation. So, you know, you don't go into battle and get one plan one day, one time, one moment. You get updated plans real time. And that's where leaders fail. They often say, one time, we're going to go do this. you got to pound it into people's heads almost every day. Almost every day of the week. So, so when you when when I list my top five, how many sales organizations do you know actually teach their salespeople business acumen, make sure or provide data or, or training that helps them understand things like cash flow, things like inventory velocity, things like uh, balance sheets and P and Ls, right? Yeah. How many do yeah. that? How many actually measure or None. or focus? None. That's easy. No, no. Uh, so, no so, but yet, how critical this stuff is, right? Yeah, they'll usually try to hire for it. I see that. They'll usually try to hire for it. But what happens when you get that sort of guy is you often miss out on the other qualities which you need. 
like hard work and focus. Yes. So you know, it's I think in my mind it's better to find the guy who's got determination and focus, and then train him on those other elements rather than to find someone who's got 30 years experience but is uninspired, unmotivated, and is a drain on all of your resources. And I, you know, I'm going to challenge you a little here. I, I, yes, there are some people who have the business acumen, but I've seen salespeople that are selling for 30 years that know what a balance sheet is and know what a P&L is, but if you really ask them to read it. Right and be, say what can yeah, you deduce yeah. from this? So you yeah. you said how would you measure inventory velocity? They they look at you cross-eyed, right? No, I get it. They may be in a in a they sell something that that doesn't affect that, but there are other business processes and business acumen that's critical yeah. to selling that they're just not experts and no one gives a shit, which blows me away. Yeah. Right. Say. Yeah. Uh, why do you think that is? Or or you know really working on empathy and sitting in meetings and saying wait what does the customer want? What's the customer need? It's it's people get in a rhythm. They get in a rhythm. Some years it's really easy to do, and you don't need to do it. If you don't, why why invest in empathy if you don't have to, right? Why actually care if you don't have to? So people just like, yeah, you know, if I don't need. Then things get tough, and they go, what's broken? Well, tiny little details like that. Not business awareness. You're not aware of these things. You're not empathetic. So you know, you build those things up over time, and um, and, and then you have you you have utter disaster. You know, yesterday I wrote. Awesome isn't easy, and essentially, why most people aren't awesome is because what you have to do to be awesome isn't awesome. That's so most yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And yes. so what, you know what I mean? So what they'll say is like, well, it's so uncomfortable doing all of these things. It's so uncomfortable learning. It's so uncomfortable, you know, um, caring and investing others that you know I don't know, and that and then they they don't do it and they. Don't it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, and finally they go, what's wrong? Well, what's wrong is a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's no one small thing. It's a lot of things, and those details are something that, that you know, sadly, you, it took you six months or six years or 60 years to create the problem. It's, it might take you six years <laughs> or 60 years to unfix the problem. Unwind it. Yes, yes, yes. One no, of my favorite okay. phrases is, one of my favorite phrases is we've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You just yeah. nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, what's up? I mean, think about it. That's like running too. I mean, when I'm running, I mean, if I'm comfortable running, I'm not getting better. It's when my coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell listen. everybody. Tell everybody. How how far do you run? You don't run five miles, do you? No, no, I, no you don't. That's me. You don't run ten miles either. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. Well, I'll tell you how many miles I run. I run this many. I, I can barely <laughs> walk a mile. Never mind ten. Ruth yeah. runs five. You don't run ten miles, do you? No, 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 no. Oh, no I didn't run. No, a hundred, hundred, hundred plus. Hundred! Oh, yeah. oh my God, you're fucking crazy! A hundred miles at a time. Yeah. How long does that take you? Nineteen hours, something like that. Jeez. Okay, let me walk you through something. This is why you're awesome and badass, and everybody can learn from this. I don't do anything for nineteen hours. I don't sleep for nineteen hours. I don't stay awake for nineteen hours. I don't want. So the mere fact that you move and run for nineteen hours is just. Yeah. You're just a flat out badass. <laughs> flat out badass. Wait, hold on. Impressive. You got a little of this right here. Drop. Impressive drop, did not drop. give it enough credit. So uh, on that note, yeah. we got it's time for cut it out. Okay. Wait, questions. Folks, I know it's our first one, so you're all learning. Yeah. Folks, if you have questions you want to talk to us, drop it at uh, hashtag salesjolt. Ask your questions. Throw it out there because this is your chance to talk to Dan. You do not want to miss that. So while you do that, cut it out. Ruth. What do we do with cut it out? Cut it out. out.
So um, this is stuff that uh, Keenan will address. Uh, salespeople are doing that you just need to cut out. Yes. So every at the end of every show, I'm going to tackle a subject that has to stop, that salespeople do, that has to stop. Sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's big, so it's a cut it out section. So just listen up. Cut it out. I don't want to bit slap you like Batman's doing to Robin right now. So here is this, this section's cut it out. If you've got a resume and it doesn't have your fucking LinkedIn profile link in it, cut it out. This is yeah. 2015. The first thing a manager or hiring manager does when they get your resume is they go straight to your LinkedIn profile. And if I have to go search your stupid freaking name because you're too lazy to put on there, I'm pissed. You're wasting my time. You're wasting Dan's time. You're wasting Bruce's time. You're wasting my recruiter's time. You're wasting everybody's time. Because you're too stupid to realize you need a freaking LinkedIn profile link on your profile. and I mean, on your resume. And if it's a uh, digital version, hyperlink it, please. So all I have to do is go click, and I get to learn who you are. So do me a favor. If you don't have it, if it's not on there, cut it out. Dan, am I right? Am I speaking the gospel on that? Uh, absolutely, man. And you know what's funny? It's silly. It's so silly, too, you know. It's like, you know, put it on there, improve, manage the details, you know, all that stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I would tell you less, less than half put it on there. Less than 25%. Cut it out. Yeah. Just and cut it out. Like, cut, you know, spend a few seconds and, like, customize that URL behind your name, too, so it's, like, you know, something awesome, you know. Don't just put that, like, 17B45, you know. Make it awesome. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, thank yeah. you. And if you don't know how to – look, people, I, I know this dude the other day who complains all the time that older people are uh, – they're, they're biased. People are biased against hiring older people. Well, my ass is 47 in April, and I'm not feeling any age bias. I believe age bias comes from the fact that you choose to get old in your actions. So if you don't know how to make a hyperlink in 2015, it ain't age bias. It's you're just – I'm too lazy yeah. or stupid to learn the technology bias, right? There yeah. was some guy sitting, yeah, right? Tell me about it. Oh, Help no, I so we were having dinner last night, and I mentioned that we were talking about, you know, how easy it is to get information. Like, I, I'm always troubled when someone says, hey, how do you do this, or how do you do that? And I'm like, here's that, you, you sit down at your keyboard, and you go to Google, <laughs> and, and yes. there's, yes. there's yes. 7,000 videos and 14, you know, forums where someone's already answered your question, and you seem like an idiot when you're asking a question that's easily solved by just Google. Easily solved. There is, there is, look, there is nothing you can't learn to do from Google, whether it's mm -hmm. cook dinner for your kids, whether it's create a hyperlink, shoot, whether it's learn HTML text, it, it takes seconds. Yes, yeah. amen. Praise be to God. All right, so, on that note. Ruth, do we have any questions? I, I don't see any questions, just some great quote retweets here. Um, so on our next show, just uh, any questions, just bring it live. So Dan the man. I really it. Appreciate there there, there should be no questions. There should be no questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The equation is laid out. It is right, right. It's right smack in front of you, so step by step, done. Dan, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. Dude, I love it. And listen, and we're I, I got I got high hopes for uh, combining what I do with what you do someday. You know what I mean? You know, putting it up on the silver screen. You know, we've been I think, talking I think for a while about that. There's a truth out there, and it's not being said, and it's not being shared. And so, kudos to you for actually getting it out there and and making a difference. So happy to be here. Thanks, Thanks. my man. Thanks.
So everybody, uh, next, what is it, the 12th, Ruth, when are we up next? The 12th of March, these are every two weeks. That's right. Um, yep, 12th of March, the next one is going to be how to run a badass demo. Dan, hopefully you'll be in the crowd, um, but uh, I wrote a blog post about two, two months ago, and it was my most traffic blog post ever since my blog. Clearly, you people want to yeah. learn how to do better demos, and I promise you, most of you suck at demos. So. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's going to be our next one. And our guest to help us with that is someone who knows demos more than most people. It's going to be Mark Robiger with uh, the Chief Sales Officer at HubSpot. So it's going to be a badass show in two weeks. So don't y'all miss it. Thanks very much. And uh, until the next episode, I'm out. Peace.